into the contest. It's Wednesday, the 6th of October. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. And Shane Lee, you just ate Alf Alpha Sprouts yesterday after overindulging in the grand final. Uh, is that is that a tough assessment a couple of days earlier? A couple of days, yes, mate. I um, Listen, I had to take, take things a little bit more sensibly for the next few, few days, mate, and uh, yeah, readjust the body. I'll tell you what, I certainly need to do some star jumps. I'm fading away to a block of flats over here. We've got a lot of sport about. Warney's got a good idea for the Ashes series to go ahead. We'll talk about that. Collingwood on the move with a few trades and plenty of interesting boxing. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Main Hair Care. Oh, Main Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care, targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, Main Hair Care. Well, a lot more talk about the Ashes, Shane. Um, And look, I think you and I have consistently said that it will go ahead. And I think most people think it will. Now, what English team will come out? That's part of the question. But they are remaining in this limbo land saying that we're not going to make a decision until, you know, the next week or so. Well, Timmy, the most disturbing thing here is you're starting to think like Warney. You you mentioned this yesterday and, and Warney thinks that uh, the test should be moved around. Why, why go to Brisbane first? Uh, and look, he's been on the ground over in um, the UK, so he would understand what the players themselves over there would be feeling. So the threat is real about them not coming. And, you know, we mentioned yesterday it's a $200 million season for Cree Australia for the Ashes to go ahead. This is where they make all their money in a four-year cycle. So it needs to happen. But um, to readjusting, maybe putting, as you said yesterday, two tests in Sydney, maybe two in Melbourne and one in either Adelaide. Warnie suggested Tasmania for the fifth. But, um, yeah, it's interesting because don't forget, we used to start the test match series in Australia in Perth. So Brisbane's not the traditional one. It only has been probably in the last sort of 20 years. And, and, and as we mentioned, you do not get the crowds in, in Brisbane and Perth. So Sydney and Melbourne have been starved of cricket. And you can s- sort of see where the English cricketers are coming from. You only have to follow Shane Warne's Instagram to work that out. He's up there playing golf in Scotland. And you get an insight into the lives that they're living now. They're living completely free of restrictions. So uh, they they did it tough for a long, long time. I know it's, it's pretty obvious why they don't want to go into any more bubbles or over sort of strict quarantines when they feel this whole thing's behind them. Yeah, the whole world, including sports people, are over COVID and, and being locked down, mate. And unfortunately, this, this day and age, the cricketers earn a hell of a lot of money. So um, history and things like the Ashes are not so important to them when you know, they're financially secure. So Cricket Australia and, and Australian government need to come up with a way to um, make sure that they're welcomed and the Ashes series goes ahead.
Yeah, they've, they've got to work it out. They have just yep. got to work it out. It's not this, oh, no, no new rules for them. No, 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 no. Work it out because it's not just for the cricketers. It's not just for Australia and England and, and them playing Ashes Test matches. It's for every single person that lives and breathes and eats this stuff that's been through a whole lot of rubbish. So just yep. make it happen. And if it means two tests in Sydney and Melbourne, we'll make it two tests in Sydney and Melbourne. It's, it's bloody obvious. It really is. So hopefully common sense will provide and uh, it will just go ahead in any form that we can see five test matches and Australia flog them 5-0. Well said, Timmy. Okay, let's have a look at uh, the NRL because the reverberations, the follow-up from what's happened at the Melbourne Storm continues. Brandon Smith, he's usually this joker, isn't he? The cheese, the hectic cheese, he calls himself. He's a good football player. But that uh, whole issue, that party with the white powder, him and Cameron Muster, he, he came out and said, look, it's really had an impact on his family. Yeah, it would do. It, um, it, if you get involved in any of these sort of things and your family find out, it would be very, very hard to, to handle. Um, not to mention he's got a $50,000 suspended fine. Munster has got to go to rehab for four weeks and has a $100,000 suspended fine. Um, the interesting part is that uh, the Storm said they didn't drug test the players after this. They just admitted to they were doing the wrong thing. No one's admitting. The players said they didn't. They were too drunk to understand what the white powder was. So they're not naming what it was itself. It's, it's pretty pretty bloody obvious, isn't it? That's, yeah. that's the oldest one. That's yeah. the oldest one yeah. in the book. That's the that's the dog <laughs> yeah, ate the is, homework. Mate. But uh, but once again, it, it brings real sort of um, angst and um, I suppose disappointment to the players' families that they have to. They're now copying, um, you know, verbal flack both online and personally. Um, from their from their families' actions. Yeah, I, I think one day we're going to have to go through a whole lot of excuses, aren't we? Some of the some of the bullshit we've all heard. <laughs> like, I remember guy at school saying the train had a flat tire. I remember that was <laughs> that was one of the better ones. Now, now Canterbury, Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, they're one of the proudest brands in Australian sport, and the doggies want to be better in 2022, and they sort of have to be, don't they? They got Phil Gould paying him all this money over here to come and oversee the footy, and now they're building and building. Braden Burns has just joined them on on the back of. All these other stars like uh, Addo Carr and, you know, you look at Paul Vaughan's going there. Um, Crichton as well. Tavita Pangai Jr. Um, there's lots of players going that way. Yeah, there is, mate. And, um, look, it's uh, the doggies can't go any worse than they did last year, mate. But, um, look, a really, really good signing, um, as you mentioned, Braden Burns, 25-year-old, originally hails from Dubbo. Um, and he's sort of played, I think, five seasons um, with South. Um Sort of been off and on. He's had a knee injury last year in particular, but it's coming back. But apparently a very, very good finishing winger, you know, scoring almost 10 tries in, in the NRL already. So um, he'll, he'll definitely boost the Canterbury Bulldogs. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a very good player. Mm. And uh, he's still only quite young. Now, AFL Collingwood, it's an interesting time, the trade period, of course. But um, it, this really is an interesting time, isn't it, for them and their immediate future. Yeah, it is, mate. Um, going through all the different draft picks and and swapping and trading over those picks depending on what player you're hoping to get. And um, that comes down to, the, I suppose, the development officers there at each club and looking at what talent that has been out there, particularly the younger, younger ones. Um, but the best signing for, for Collingwood is the, the captain, Scott Pendlebury, who's just signed for two more years, which is which is a big signing. He, he's sort of been had his nose at a joint all year saying you know, he's been a loyal supporter of the club while the club's been going poorly, um, all the drama's off the field. Um, but they would commit to signing him until now. 
Um, so that's a really, really good thing for him. He didn't want to change clubs. He's, he wants to be a one-man club. It's a really troubling story coming one out. One club man, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This is a really troubling story coming out of the Matildas, isn't it? Uh, of uh, you know some of the bullying and other sorts of things that have gone on, sexual harassment. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, you know, and I think female sport um, going back twenty years was sort of really tarnished with this, um, saying that you know the girls were really submitted to you know terrible things within the change room. Um, that has changed like the last twenty years, as has female sport. Um, so to go back to these sort of dark ages is not a great thing for the sport itself, particularly um, when they've got a massive tournament coming up. Yeah, well, there was so much talk around the, the sacking of the coach, of course, a, a little while back. Um, the Matildas, uh, so much hope. They did okay at the Olympics without being brilliant. Mm. And um, look, uh, it doesn't look like that's a story that's going to go away no. in a hurry. So um, we'll keep our eyes on that one. Now, boxing, this Tyson Fury and Dante, Deontay Wilder, um, that, that is really capturing the imagination. Well, heavyweight boxers, I tell you what, they never uh, they never struggle with their own personal confidence, do they? <laughs> Tyson Tyson Fury said, uh, no matter what happens this match, he's a great. Um, so there you go. So Tyson Fury has got no confidence problems, but um, yeah, he's fighting Dante Wilder, um, who he called uh, an atomic bomb in the ring, mate. So and uh, and very dangerous. So it goes ahead in Vegas, which will be a big fight. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll be. Definitely tuning into that one. I love a good heavyweight fight. And now what about Mike Tyson? He's making his Bollywood acting debut. Please, what's going on with Iron Mike <laughs> and Mumbai? Well, it can't be easy to be an actor when you've got a little lift like he has, mate. But um, I remember my brother Brett did a, a Bollywood movie called Un-Indian. And his role um, was written in for him. Brett played an Australian sports teacher. Uh, living in India. So the only stretch for Brett was being a teacher. Mike Tyson's role is that he's playing a kickboxer uh, with a speech impediment. There you go. I don't know how he's going to do that one. With a love for birds, remember? He's quite, a, he's a quite an interesting character, Mike. And tigers. Uh, what, was, what was Brett's paycheck for that, just out of interest? I'm not sure. He got paid quite a bit to do it, but um, it involved quite, quite, quite a bit of acting. Uh, there was a love scene in everything, which was um, we watched the premiere with my mum and uh, mum and dad and... Uh, just as it was about to start, Brett said to Mum, close your eyes here, Mum. <laughs> That's a turnaround, isn't it? Because most of those Bollywood films, having spent a lot of time in India, like you would have been, every time they went to do the love scene, they'd cut to something else, like um, some dancing yeah. or something. But uh, yeah, there's there's lots of... Well, like fireworks going off. Yeah, yeah. There's lots and lots of money in Bollywood. <laughs> there's little question of that. Now, Bathurst 2021 is going to be missing one of... The superstars of the sport, um, they're obviously going through a massive transition at the moment with, with you know, the exiting of Holden, but no Scott McLaughlin. No, nah, no Scott McLaughlin, um, and COVID cops uh, or gets another victim, um, so he won't be at Mount Panorama for the Bathurst 1000. I'm starting to talk like Mike Tyson now with a lisp, um, but yeah, he's- I didn't make. Seriously. He's stuck in the US um, competing in the IndyCar um, Cindy uh, series, so he uh, won't be able to get here due to COVID restrictions to compete. And um, as the last, the winner of the last Bathurst One Thousand, that's a uh, it's a real disappointment for the um, for the event.
Yeah, that's a huge name missing off the podium, isn't yeah. it? Uh, looks like some common sense has come to play in Victoria. Look, uh, if you hadn't read about it, there was this uh, ridiculous, and there's been ridiculous rules, hasn't there, in and around the whole pandemic. And a lot of comedy, I think, will flow from this. How you know one person could do one thing, one couldn't do the other, and it just sort of didn't make sense because they made it up on the run. But this whole idea in Victoria where you could go and play golf, but you couldn't use the dunnies. Look, for men, it's not too bad if you've only got a, a small exercise behind a, a gum tree, but <laughs> it looks like common sense is prevailing here, Shane. Well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Um, look, Dan Andrews, he just needs – you can't open up the golf course and, and keep the toilets closed. As you said, mate, guys, it's fine. We can nick behind a tree, but for the, for the ladies, um, it's a little bit more difficult. So, um, yeah, if you're going to reopen the golf course and the tennis courts, um, look, we, we use toilets in, in shopping centres now um, when they're open or – you know, up in Coles or whatever, so I don't understand why they would keep them closed on a golf course. Just yeah, stupid. I would think that they are a reasonable, essential facility to to human, yeah. to human beings to have yeah. a toilet at hand. Otherwise, uh, people would be running all over the place. Yeah, okay. Now, a, a big day today um, in the lead-up to the Everest, which is only uh, a week and a half away. We're going to see a couple of the stars at Rose Hill, and we haven't had racing that much at Rose Hill at all over the past few months. Only returned a couple of weeks ago because it was an LGA of concern concern in Sydney, but uh, Nature Strip and Home Affairs will run out of the Wallace Day. We'll do a bit of an exhibition run. So much excitement about the mighty Everest. I cannot wait for it. We obviously do the Racing Dream Show on Sky News, and it's one of those races that has all the, the, the chess moves, the poker faces of who's going to take what horse, and it's worth you know, $15 million. It's unbelievable. And hard to back against Chris Waller, isn't it? Uh, as you mentioned, Nature Strip and Home Affairs there. But uh, Anthony Cummings has Libertini in there as well, Timmy. So um, who are you tipping? Well, I like Eduardo. Like those three horses that yeah, okay. you just, we just mentioned, then are doing a bit of an exhibition run today at Rose Hill. Um, just, to, you know, then they'll show that out on the TV. I, I like Eduardo. Eight-year-old gelding, uh, lightly raced, beat uh, Nature Strip recently in the shorts. So, um, yeah, it'll be a reasonable price. Uh, all care, no responsibility. But the Everest, of course, is Saturday week at Ramwick and we're going to have a crowd back at least 5,000 people will be at Royal Ramwick on Saturday week for the Everest. Now talk about the Everest Uh, there was no one who could climbed a fast bowling mountain quite like the great DK Lilly and uh, there was an opportunity a few years ago where you spent a full week with the man they called Fott. Yes if an old tart was his nickname, and um, it was at the Creed Academy in 1993, Timmy, and uh, I spent a whole week with the great man um, for a fast bowling camp. Justin Langer was the assistant coach at the Creed Academy to Rod Marsh, and I still remember Dennis told Justin to put on his pads, and Dennis actually bowled to him, and Dennis was about 50, oh, probably 53 years of age um, at this stage, and I remember he had his green Australian tracksuit pants on, his white Australian test vest. And his little Nike shoes unlaced, and he's actually bowled to Justin. And he said, and he told us how he'd work him out. And he said, I'm going to bowl the first one outside of stump, see if he lets the ball go, which he did. He said, I'm going to bounce him and see if he could play the short ball, which he played pretty well. And then he bowled a few more balls. He said, I'm just going to pitch one up now, a bit fuller, and move it away from Justin and see if he nicks it. And sure enough, he did. And Justin just scored 80 in a test match. And I got goosebumps on my arms when I tell this story. And then that night, he took us out to home nightclub. 
So we went out with the great man, with Dennis Lillies, and as he walked into the nightclub, the DJ said, the great man, Dennis Lillies, in the house. And the crowd started chanting, Lily, 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 in the nightclub, and Dennis marked out his run-up on the dance floor, <laughs> turned around, wiped the sweat off his brow with his one finger, and ran in bold and turned around and appealed, and the place erupted. It was one of the great nights ever. Oh, Lily. <laughs> oh, mate, it was unbelievable. Oh, the big course. bowling action, the big appeal on the nightclub dance floor. Brilliant. Oh, oh mate, wasn't he larger than life? The aluminium bat and Jarvid, me and Dad, <laughs> Dennis Lilly. What a player. He's 72 years of age now and he's still as fit as a fiddle. That is a cracking old yarn. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, fantastic sponsors in Main Hair Care. That's M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. And, of course, our great producer, Dan McHugh, will be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. See you then, guys. Take care.